Dot.com podcast. And I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't really feel like draft season yet. The web draft is only two weeks away, but yet it doesn't really feel like it. So we're coming in hot today. And by hot, I mean mild, medium, hot, and scorching fucking draft predictions. I got Caleb and I got Dan. Let's get this party started. Yeah, it's crazy. I I looked at that. I saw 16 days to the draft and there's like, there's been no chatter like the past few weeks, like radio silence, no smoke screening, just hopefully this maybe starts to get the smoke coming. Feels like it's got to pick up because I don't think we've had something this dead at this time of year right now. So uh, I think maybe we have, and I do think that the spicy takes episode is where where things get rolling. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put some energy out there into the world and maybe make some things happen. I think you know it's an interesting situation with the draft because obviously we all know who one hundred and one is. <laughs> We probably all know who 102 is, and it's just a very weird board after that. So I'm interested to hear what you guys came up with for your takes today. Uh, Caleb, I'm going to let you start. Give me your mild take for the 2023 web draft. All right. My mild take is that there will be no defensive players taken in the first round. So... Basically, that means Will Anderson isn't going round one. And when you look at previous drafts, we've seen these elite defensive linemen go right in that late first range. Like Kayvon Thibodeau went 11, Parsons went 12, Chase Young went 11, and Will Anderson's right about there. But looking at it, you know, after listening to Parker's Behind the Curtain, where it sounds like he's, unless he's already started the smoke scream, which is possible, but it doesn't sound like he's going defense, which pretty much comes down to then with how the last few picks are Parker, Parker, Dave, Parker. It would have to be Dave who takes Will Anderson or a possible trade up, which could happen. But it would have to be Dave who takes Will Anderson. And I'm not sure if he moves into the first for a defensive player. So, yeah, that's my take. No defensive players first round. I think that's a little hotter than mild because I it was. I didn't know to put it at medium or mild, but yet I come with a take. You know, we've been talking for you know, like two years now about how Will would have been, you know, one on one in last year's draft better than all those edge rushers. And I, I'd be surprised to not see him go in the first round. And what is definitely a weaker, feels like a weaker class than last year. So it is interesting with Parker there at the tail end, but just because he's there now doesn't mean he's going to be. So. Yeah, I that's kind of where my head was at with that, too, where it it does feel like a hot take a little bit because of the name Will Anderson. But I think it it really does go back to what Parker said on behind the curtain because he controls like that entire area of the draft. So if he's really out on him and there's nobody that's, you know, going to want to move in or however that works, like then, yeah, I mean, that that might be kind of nuts, but. Can see it happen. If you don't see any trades at the back half of the first round, do would that change your mind? Like, would, do you see Will Anderson going round one? If we don't see trades, I. It just depends how firmly Parker's going to stick to that, not taking yeah. guys who's filled out his offensive lineup. 
I mean, it'd be tough to see, but hey, if that's that's the philosophy. <laughs> well, I'll jump off of that take because my mild take also relates to IDPs, and it is that there will only be two IDPs taken in the first two rounds of this draft, which would be the fewest in the first 24 picks since 2018. Man, you just I feel like you just gave me a dry rub chicken uh, wing there. Like, <laughs> that, I don't even, there's not even a little heat there. It's like, a fucking mild take, man. Come on. <laughs> mild at least has just a little bit of chicken. Care. <laughs> yeah. no sauce sip it and ketchup <laughs> yes i mean yeah i i mean that comes down to which idp do you see going in the top two rounds which one could get in and i mean drew I, sanders maybe but i don't really see one tyree, maybe yeah i yeah. feel like tyree wilson is probably the best bet just if somebody at the tail end of the second is interested in some edge help but yeah i mean i it's pretty fucking mild, but it is yeah, also yeah. very strange that it's been, you know, it's five years where we've seen kind of more and more defense go in the second round. And now this class sort of pours some uh, 2% milk all over that. Well, what pick did Tyree Wilson go in the actual draft? Um, seven. Seven. I mean, that's yeah, kind of premier. That's crazy to see a like a seventh in the third round last year. That's true, but <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like he didn't have the pass rushing upside, or at least perceived pass rushing upside that Tyree Wilson has. So it's kind of crazy to see you know that kind of player fall to the third. But that's sort of what happens sometimes with these pass rushers. Dan, give me your mild take. My mild take is also an IDP. Jeez. Nice. Knock them all out. Um, so I'm thinking we're thinking the two are Will and then uh, linebacker Jack Campbell. Yes. Uh, my mild take is that Tim walks out of this draft with Jack Campbell despite having seven startable linebackers. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was wondering if someone was going to do this one because so he's it's got just fun. he's got sixteen he's got twenty one he's got twenty two like he's got picks that are like right in that Jack Campbell range he loves Dan Campbell he loves the Lions he loves linebackers he's taking them he's making it happen this yeah it's weird because like it's such a Tim player. But his linebackers are deep as hell. I mean, Roquan, Zaire Franklin, Josie Jewell, uh, Bobby Wagner, Dre Greenlaw, Christian Harris was was serviceable. So like he does, it's not a position of need. But does he, does he of need? Mm, I probably wants to get younger at some of these other yeah, skill positions. So that's the direction I could see. And he's made it pretty apparent he could trade, you know, late thirds for pretty much any of these linebackers. So is he going to invest a a mid second on one kind of comes down to, you know, if it's really his guy, but he hasn't really, has he said anything? I mean, it's a, it's a Tim guy. So I feel like we'll, we'll hear something after this pod yeah. drops. He'll be yeah. on the handle being like, of course I'm fucking taking Jack Campbell. But I mean, to your point, Caleb, it's not really, it's not really a player that he needs necessarily, but uh, when you, yeah, what does he have? Three second round picks? Eh, spend one on a guy you like, I guess. Yeah. All right. 
Let's turn up the heat a little bit. We're going to the medium takes. And Dan, why don't you start us off with the medium takes? All right, I got another player to team take here. Um, and that take is that despite not having a pick in the range, Jonathan Mingo will be a moneymaker. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we've he he had we in the uh, money web draft, like he was going through some emotional stuff with like his early second, and I'm pretty sure he just like couldn't figure out it's who to take and was trying to get like three picks in that range because he just couldn't decide between which guy he wanted. And he ended up taking Mingo. So, you know, I know he's pretty high on him. I mean, you got the namesake, and we both know that like Corf, despite not having picks there, will find a way to get the guy that he wants. And I think that Jonathan Mingo is the guy that he wants. I would agree. And it's just trying to figure out how he gets up to that area. Like, what area are we thinking? Like, 201 to 203, 4 sort of deal? Yeah, 13 to 16, 13 to 17. Yeah, and I'm looking at the, the pick capital. I haven't looked at your picks in a while, and it's kind of crazy it when it's all laid out. Well, no, he actually has, like, 302, 303, 308, 309, 403, 407, 408. Like, I didn't realize we had just, like, this super late cabinet, but... Maybe you could pair 302, 303, and a player like Nico Collins or I, I don't Trey McBride. Just try to package something together to move up and get your guy. I, if there's anyone who can find a way to do it, it's Mingo. Right. Where there's a will, there's a way. And <laughs> so what's funny about this take is that today when I was assembling my takes, it sparked an idea. And I did inquire about a pick in that very range that you just said, and I did not get a yes or no answer. So we may have some open negotiations with two weeks to go until the draft. So put that little teaser out in the universe. But I do like Jonathan Mingo. I also like some other players in that range. But Caleb, how about you hit us with your medium take? Yeah, I couldn't decide between this one and my last one, which was mild or medium, and I don't really know what you guys will think, but I'm going to go no Devon A-Chain round one. Ooh, um, okay. Basically, with the Delvin Cook rumors to Miami, you add that together with you know size concerns about a running back type we haven't really seen succeed before. I know this is a guy that I think Frazier likes and Riley's talked about maybe at eight, but can you take a guy that high with if we if we don't know by then about where Dalvin Cook or maybe some more of these free agent guys are going um, with the you know size concerns? Can you really spend like a, a first round pick on that guy? Like he was pretty cutting. Seemed like after the draft, people were like, "Oh yeah, he's going to go right in that mid late first range." But with all this up in the air, I could see him falling out of the first. Yeah, that's going to be one of the most interesting players, I think, on the on draft night, and especially in a year like this, where we just there's no buzz, like we don't know anything about what's happening. Like it seemed, like you just said, Caleb, that this player was like primed to be in that seven to ten range after the Dolphins picked him, but now it sort of just feels like his name has never been brought up by anybody, and I have no idea what the league thinks about him. I, but if he doesn't go first, who is, is kind of my question. Like, 
I don't know. I know nothing after six. Like, it just <laughs> feels like a complete fucking crap shoot. Like, you got Parker with all these picks. He doesn't not take in defense. He's not, he doesn't like Kincaid. He's got, like, ease or something. <laughs> you know, like, who, who's, who's left going to be taken? To right now. No HA, no Kincaid. No, you know, I just, it's, it's a weird spot. And it's just like, it almost feels like anywhere seven to 17 could be any one of these guys. So I think it's totally possible. Yeah, it's man. I, I don't know what to think at all. And that the back half, I mean, with Parker controlling those picks and I might have a take that relates to that a little bit later on, but it creates a very interesting situation for sure. All right. Well, my medium take, let me just make sure I got this right here. Um, Ooh. Okay. All right. (laughs) My medium take is that two quarterbacks go in the first round. So if Devon A chain's fallen out, maybe we slot in a second quarterback in that late first range Maybe to a team like Dirty Dave and the Boys, if uh, Fresh Prince takes the first one off the clock. Yeah, I mean, Dave is a quarterback needy team. I know Kirk Cousins was sort of supposed to come in and solve that, but it's still Kirk Cousins. And there's always rumors every year about how they might end up replacing him. So I don't know if. Again, it all kind of comes down to what Dave's plan is there. It seems like he's been pretty tight to the vest. Or if someone tries to move up for a quarterback. But, you know, we got like three guys here. So there might not be a rush to move up. But I could definitely see a Stroud or a Bryce Young sneaking back. Either somebody trading up or Dave taking him. I don't think it's a bad move. I'd be a little surprised to see Dave make it. Which is why it's a medium take. But I don't think it's a bad move. I think there's questions about all these guys, and I think the quarterbacks are probably some of the safer prospects in this draft. So he's just looking for a guy that's going to bring some long-term value to the roster. Quarterback it could be. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought back to when we did the first mock, how it's the board sort of worked out for some of these teams in the second round, but the closer we're getting to the draft, I'm not sure that the quarterbacks are going to last that long just because of what you just said, Dan, they feel very safe or perceivably safe in a class where there's just a lot of uncertainty and there's no consensus. And maybe the quarterbacks end up kind of being a safe spot for people in the top half of the second round. And, and in that case, Dave misses out on one of the top three if if that run happens. So something to think about, Dave, maybe. <laughs> All right. I was just gonna say I think that run could definitely happen. If it doesn't happen on the first, like Frazier, Tim, Riley, Parker, Parker, those are all teams that I see as more than willing to grab a quarterback, even if they have an established option. Yeah, absolutely. So all right. This is where things get pretty weird on spicy predictions. Caleb, let's hear your hot take. All right. My hot take is that Michael Mayer is the third tight end off the board. Sam Laporta is the second tight end taken in the, the rookie draft. This, I haven't seen this really happen anywhere. I haven't. None of my rookie drafts this has happened. ADP-wise, it hasn't happened. But 
Um, I think he's a better receiving tight end. And I've listened to this show, um, Camp Dynasty, I think it's called. And there's a guy in that range, uh, Colin, who needs a tight end and loves Sam Laporta. And he's sitting at 2-1, which is kind of out of that top tier range. So desperately needs tight end. Sam Laporta is his guy. I I could see Laporta going before Mayer. Damn, dude. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. What do you think about that, Dan? I think it's well within the possibility. Like, he did go before him in the NFL draft. He, he I, did. He did. Yeah. He did. Before him in the NFL draft, I'd argue he went to a better, better place, better position to succeed. Like, who the hell knows who's quarterbacking the Raiders this year? <laughs> or in the future, like, I... I think we're I think we're at that point. I think it won't be surprising at all. Man, I I mean that but that's that's a good point though because a a player like Laporta like no buzz. There's no buzz and I'm pretty sure like if we think back to Moneyweb, it's like an early third, I think. And but I I don't know. Maybe folks are just a little late to the Laporta party and we see him go top half of the second round in Webb. So, yeah, I was like most drafts I've been in, he's going like almost a full round later than Mayer, which I may or may not agree with, but right. that's that's the case pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Mayor, mayor or may not agree. With. <laughs> ah, there it is. Damn it. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel the same way about Mayer. I feel like there's absolutely no Mayer buzz. Like, that's are we true. At the point with Mayer where it's just like we've been talking about this guy as a premier prospect for like two years? Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're just like he's a mid to late sec. Like I think he's a, that's his web range right now. I feel like is that mid, maybe even late second. And it's like, are we really doing that? Yeah, I remember hyping up for two years. I remember for Dynasty Nerds, I uploaded a few videos of him as like a freshman or a sophomore, and people were just like, oh yeah, this is the guy we want. This is the next Gronk or whatever tight end you want to say. And all of a sudden, like he still got good draft capital, but. All of a sudden, it's just like he's not the the prospect everyone hyped him up to be, pretty much. But he's still a good player. So, I mean, the tight ends. That's I mean, I, no idea what people are thinking with this tight end class because, and it's it's such a good class. Like like you say, like Michael Mayer, maybe he isn't what we thought he was going to be. But man, Kincaid, Laporta, and Mayer all premier talents at the position. So what, what does Webb do with that? That's I think one of another really interesting question that we really don't have any idea about right now. Well, it's just, everyone's been burned by these early round tight ends. Just yeah. So many true. times over and over and over again. Yep. <laughs> like he's got the elite tight ends in Webb. Where'd they come from? They <laughs> first round picks with the exception, yeah. maybe a TJ Hawkinson. Who's had like one like rock solid year? Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. How many you, times can you go to the well and just come up empty before you just start to say, "I don't care anymore"? <laughs> like I'll just take whoever in the third round or pick someone up or make a trade. You know, like just it's 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 weird. It's definitely weird. But this might be the class that bucks the trend. At least I hope. Hopefully, so. hopefully. <laughs> All right. Dan, hit us with your hot take. All right. Uh, my hot take 
is that CV takes Jameer Gibbs number two. Oh, I, I know he's said JSN. I know he's said it. I just, with his roster, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And that roster, you plug Bijan and Jameer into there, and, like, we are fucking cooking. Like, I don't know. I think he hasn't given it some thought since then. I mean, we're talking a top 12 running back. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, that's that's elite draft capital with a good play, with a really good player in a good situation. I know he's said we'll find running back somewhere else, but, like... I feel like the only way he finds running back somewhere else that's going to be a difference maker for him is if he trades one of his wide receivers. So which wide receivers does he love? Maybe he just takes <laughs> the guy. Yeah, this this team feels like it could be two elite running backs away from being a, a playoff contender. I mean, the wide receivers are, are really good already. Waddle, Wilson, Ayuk's all right. And, you know, he's got picks he can... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're still doing this. <laughs> We'll never stop. Over there. <laughs> I will never let it die. But he's got I'm, some like who knows what happens with a guy like Kadarius. Like we got some wide receiver depth too. And then you look yep. at the running backs and it's just absolutely it's awesome. there's nothing. I mean, Zonovan Knight was starting for a while. Like there's actually no running backs on his roster after Singletary and Knight. So it's like this would be huge for this lineup. I know JSN could have that. I mean, JSN, Wilson, and Waddle could be incredible. But I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think this team's just a couple running backs away, and these they're right in his lap if he wants them. Well, and listen here. He traded up to this pick, and in that deal, he had to give his 24 first. He does not have a first next year. So if he's trying to get, if he's thinking that this team with Bijan is going to enter a window here, he's going to need to figure out the RB two spot pretty yeah. quickly, and it's not coming with the with next year's draft pick because it doesn't exist. So I love this take because I wonder if there is a scenario where, as the draft gets closer and closer, he starts to really consider the fact that he has a golden opportunity here to add the top two running backs in this class. I know JSN, man. I know he loves that player. It's a, it's a great player. I have JSN ahead of Gibbs on my own personal board. But when you look at where this team is sitting and where what this team could be with two new shiny running backs in there, one of which is a potentially generational talent that's already the Dynasty RB1. That That's going to be pretty hard, I think, to turn down when he has to put his money where his mouth is on draft night. So that's, I, I, that's a really interesting one. Yeah, like he's spent the draft capital. Like he doesn't have that much going forward. Like he's this team needs to be competing, I feel like, right yeah. now. And I don't know where he finds that second running back without trading one of these wide receivers so and with how weird running back is right now just overall i mean it's like it's not really a great time to be like acquiring backs because you have this like old guard that's like getting to the point where they're almost like you you could maybe acquire them but what are you really getting at this point and and who's next it's Bijan and gibbs right now like that's who's next so i don't know 
All right. Well, my hot take also has to do with a running back in this class. Oh, God. My hot take is that the Dynasty team selects Zach Charbonnet with the fifth overall pick. Because, again, this is another situation where this team is kind of in desperate need of a running back. Maybe not quite as much as a team like Garrett Wilson, Batman, but Brees Hall coming off of an ACL injury. We don't know what it's going to look like. It seems like he's going to be back, but, but in what capacity and how does he look? And so we, we know he's pushed everything kind of in right now with some of the moves that he's made and he's looking to compete. You could add another wide receiver flyer at, with that pick. And, you know, he's got a few of those already. So why not just roll the dice on a player that you really, really like at a position of need and just hope that the Seahawks landing spot isn't as scary as everybody makes it out to be. Yeah. I mean, I could, I mean, he, he said it on his behind the curtains, like Charbonnet is in play at five, which, you know, after the landing spot and everything maybe seems high, but you trade out of that. What he had three, is that where he was at? Or mm-hmm. yeah. And you still get probably the guy you would have taken if he had not gone to the Seahawks. So you still get your guy. And he's still got, you know, that 201, which you can still grab a solid receiver in that range. I I think this makes a lot of sense because he doesn't, like, after Brees and Etienne, after Brees-Etienne, he has Michael Carter, who's just the handcuff to Hall, and that's literally it. He doesn't, he's kind of like Carter, where he doesn't have any running backs after that. So you add Charbonnet, who it's not the best landing spot, but... He could get touchdown opportunities. You know, if something happens to Walker, all of a sudden he's a, is a bona fide RB1. So in a class that's sort of weird in this after three range, um, I don't think it's crazy to see him do that. I have a take that's going to address this. Oh, okay. 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 Well, all right. Why don't we move then into the moment of truth? Mouths <laughs> on fire. We got the scorching wings coming out. I don't know if I'm ready for them, but Dan, give me your scorching take. You guys got your milk ready? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> right. So Parker has three first-round picks. Oh. <laughs> With those three first-round part picks, Parker is going to take someone ahead of ADP. Whoa, that's not like Parker. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, uh, I'm just Chalk, kidding. Not that's, chalky. Uh, that's not the real take. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it is related to Parker's th- f- three first round picks. Uh, I'm going to predict a three-way trade here. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> uh, I predicted that CV goes Gibbs at two. Now, I think that is who Frazier wants at three. Lot. I think he'd take JSN. I think he likes JSN. I don't think he's in love with JSN. So my three-way trade is going to have Frazier giving, got the details here even, Frazier's going to give three and seven. Essentially, he's going to move both those picks back two spots. He's going to acquire five, nine, ten, and twelve. Colin is going to give five move back to seven and pick up a second. And Parker is going to give all of three of his firsts to move up to three. 
So essentially, I got Frazier moving back a couple of picks. I got Colin moving from five to seven as kind of a middleman. Uh, and Frazier is going to walk out with one of the three wide receivers, two additional first round picks. Uh, Colin's going to move back to seven, put himself in a much more comfortable Charbonnet position. And Parker, in a range where, like, it feels like he doesn't value, like, he's not interested in a couple of the premier players, like Kincaid and Will Anderson, who are going to go in that range. He trades all the way up to three to acquire a player that's starting to build him a real nice-looking wide receiver core for the future. So that is my my flame and take. Damn. <laughs> can we get the, the details of that in writing and send it over to them so they yeah. can get working on this thing? Because that God damn. I don't even yeah, that's I don't even know how you think of that, honestly. I wish I could get inside three GM's mind, but yeah, I guess it comes down to if Frazier's willing to move out of that tier of players. If he really I think he's definitely in on Gibbs, and he's another team that is desperate for running backs. So Oh, if Gibbs is there, it's not happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. But in this scenario, if Gibbs is off the board, he moves down to five. I mean, he's still – I'm still trying to figure out how he helps his running backs. That's that's the move is if the the running back's not there at three like he wants. In this scenario, he'd be moving back to five, still getting a wide – down a tier, but he's still getting, you know, one of the first-round wide receivers. He's picking up. Uh, basically, to make that move, he's picking up 10 and 12, where he's going to have a couple of darts to throw on running on you know any of the running backs that sure. he wants. Maybe a more comfortable range for a chain. Yeah, like an a chain, a Kendra, etc. Or or he's in a position now where he's a guy who's ready and willing to take your Will Anderson, your Dalton Kincaid, your you know those players that kind of Parker's expressed not having interest in in that range. Yeah, it would make sense for Parker to move up. Yeah, like what based on what he's said on those guys there. I don't know who else. If he's, Parker's not interested in those guys, Who's it going to take? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And I one thing that makes this very interesting, and my scorching take is in this realm, it's because teams like David Wilson, Batman, and the Fresh Prince have – picks in future drafts so if people aren't sold on what they're getting in in 2023 here which it seems like could be the case maybe there's moves like this that can happen where you know parker jumps up gets a premier piece and he still has picks to fall back on he's okay with getting rid of these late firsts meanwhile frazier is just always trying to accumulate value accumulate more you know dart throws and assets so the framework makes a lot of sense. It does. It all hinges, obviously, on Gibbs going too. But as we uh, talked about, that also does make a lot of sense. So get the wheels turning. Get the wheels turning, man. And all right, I'll, I'll jump into mine here. I'm. We're all targeting Parker here because he <laughs> really is the wild card with these three picks. And I'm going off of you know this assumption that he's not really in love with the players in this range. So I have a little trade here between the Fresh Prince and the Pirate Crew. The Fresh Prince trades picks 10 and 12 to the Pirate Crew for pick six. And maybe there's a little bit of extra on there. I couldn't decide. So you can tell me, Dan, what it would take. But 
the rationale here is that he doesn't like Dalton Kincaid. At least he says he doesn't. He doesn't want to take Will Anderson. So he can take Anthony Richardson if he wants to with pick nine and then move up to get one of the wide receivers in this class. Meanwhile, Dan, maybe not in love with any of the receivers. He is okay to move back and select Dalton Kincaid, who is a player that he has moved up for in a draft already and add another piece infusing more youth into the pirate crew and potentially extending the window. What do you think about that? I mean, to me, that would have to be a kind of trade where because I have no freaking clue what's happening at the tail end of this year. <laughs> yeah. So that would have to be a trade that almost happens when those picks are on the clock and Parker would have to be okay with the wide receiver or player that I've already taken. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I could, it's, yeah, if Parker could probably dish out to those picks to move up to anything in that tier, probably, you know, maybe five, maybe four. Um, so, Hey, who has four, by the way? Oh, wait, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, we've seen him. He did something similar just last year where he traded a little. He traded to get up into who up a tier. A tier. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I think that just leaves you, Caleb. Do you have a Parker trade? To no, I don't. With? No, I don't have any trades. Okay. I But I have a take that contradicts what. A take from earlier. Oh boy! So my scorching take is that there are no quarterbacks taken in the first round. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of contradicts some of the takes I had earlier, but whatever. I just had to get it out here. So basically, you know, the two quarterbacks that have gone first round before, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, both bona fide number ones, pro-ready quarterbacks with high upside. Obviously, Burrow came out swinging early. Lawrence, you know, even had some, even he had some growing pains and is finally ascending. All of a sudden, Anthony Richardson, he's not the number one pick in the draft. He's not the, even the second quarterback taken. Third quarterback off the board. And we're going to take him in a spot where Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow were taken, who were for sure things. Anthony Richardson's not a for sure thing. And I don't think Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud have the rushing upside or just the upside in general to maybe even warrant being taken in the first round. I mean, if you're looking for a starting quarterback, yeah, but I don't know if any of these, I know if you're banking for upside, Richardson's a pick, but I don't know if these guys are looking at the guys who are taking, Burrow and Lawrence. Anthony Richardson is not those, he's not those two quarterbacks. So my take is no quarterbacks go round one. Scorching take, I will say. I think that's scorching. <laughs> Definitely scorching, but it is interesting that it's a very compelling point that we have not seen many quarterbacks ever in the history of Webb go in round one. And there is a certain allure with Anthony Richardson with his upside, but like you said, it's still a little bit risky. So. I don't know. I guess I fall back to if one of them doesn't, <laughs> Anthony Richardson doesn't, who does? Like, yeah. You know, then we're talking, you know, Jaden Reed, first round pick, Sam Laporta, first round pick. Like, does it happen? I don't know. Good. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I have no idea what to think right now. 
And I mean, so, but here's how, this is how wide ranging this all is. My, I had a backup for most of my takes just in case, but my backup scorching take was that Anthony Richardson gets picked number six by the player <laughs> crew. <laughs> hey now. Hey, okay. Yeah. Now you like that? Now we're cooking. <laughs> I look at Derek Carr as my backup quarterback and it just makes me ill. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> There's someone that likes to invest in young quarterbacks and try and, and flip them. Yes. <laughs> yep. hey, 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 he's like you scoff, but like, hey, like he could come in and if he hits and does what people thinks he could do, double like, your, you could double your value in a year. Yeah, yeah. he's like that's a. I maybe you know maybe you're big braining at that point and just kind of hurt yourself, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Guy loves Richardson. You can see it in his face. <laughs> he doesn't even have to be good to be good in fantasy. Yeah, he could. Like, if he, he just look at Justin, Justin Fields, Fields last from year. last year, Justin, Justin Fields, Fields. It for sure. Like, and he's in a much better position than Justin Fields has been for the last you know two years. He's walking into a much better situation. So, it's true. It's very true. And I think what I learned today. Is that we don't know a goddamn thing <laughs> about this draft. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, all of these takes from mild to scorching, even the scorching takes feel kind of feasible given how little we know and how many outcomes there really are in the 2023 draft. So, uh, I hope that this conversation stirs the pot a little bit, gets some folks talking. Remember, a couple years ago, Caleb, when you made that trade for Najee Harris, that was coming off of a That's very true. long, prolonged period of nothing in web. And then suddenly we saw all these trades start to happen about a week before the draft. So Usually that's how it goes. People know by this point, we don't want to move around the board too early. We don't want to ship our picks too early. They're only gaining value at this point. And maybe this is just another case of that. But uh, as for what's next in draft season, final mock draft coming in two weeks. So that's the opportunity, the final chance to see what's happened. If anything has happened and take our guess as to what it's going to look like, because I don't fucking know, man. So <laughs> good, good luck predicting this one. Fuck. Uh, all right. Well, Caleb, Dan, thank you for joining me this week. Always fun to do spicy predictions and sometimes we're right. So we'll keep tabs on, uh, what happens when Jameer Gibbs goes off the board? Number two, you see the big <laughs> three-way come in maybe. All right. Well, it'll be two weeks. We drop the final mock. It'll be draft week when we do it. So <laughs> we'll see you in a couple weeks. Let's make it a great couple weeks.